Hello, and welcome to the Equiline Podcast. I'm Dr. Wendy Corin. And I'm Dr. Dave Lundquist. And today is something a bit different, as Dave will be conducting the interview. Yay! Something very exciting happened today. What was that? A book came in today. In fact, a thousand books came in today. Written by Dr. Wendy Corrin. This is so, it's unbelievably exciting. The book is absolutely incredible. We opened up the box and took out the first book. And I have to admit, I am so incredibly proud of what she's put together. I mean, this has been... This years. has been years in the idea process. It was a year basically in the development, the picture taking. Uh, the, I will credit Sarah Cole as the most spectacular photographer for bearing with me for all the takes and retakes so that I can convey the message that I want all of you to be able to get from having this book in your possession. And. It's just so proud to just go through this book, and it's beautifully written. It's beautifully done. Uh, the pictures are absolutely incredible, and it's going to be such an empowering resource for everyone out there, whether you have a, uh, a backyard horse or a Grand Prix horse. This book is going to be of such a benefit to the, to the world, to the equine world. It's just a wonderful thing, and I'd like just to take... A minute before we get started with an interview, I just want to read a little bit of the introduction because it's perfect. It's just perfect. And it, it says, everything can be done better. There is always room for improvement. And that is, there is no better way to start a book than starting with that. But this is why we research and go to seminars and collaborate. Whether you're a veterinarian, a trainer, an equine therapist, a chiropractor, or a physical therapist, Knowing more and adding more to your repertoire increases your value as a practitioner. Noticing more enables you to expand your treatment objectives. Feeling more enables you to better immerse yourself in the totality of the client-patient situation. Having tools to address these observations gleaned from expanded awareness allows you to bring your treatment efficacy to the next level. It's very hard to hear you read my words out loud. I, I, I have to admit that um, I mean every single one of them. Um, it's just a new experience. And I am grateful for the opportunity to share the process with you. And, and really, that's what today's about. Yeah. And, and, I, and I look at this book, and, and one of the things I notice is there's a pattern to the book. There's a sequence to the book. Uh, why the sequence? Well... Every time I was asked a question, how do you tape this? The honest answer was, I never tape this. I don't tape a coffin or a hawk or this. I always, always look at the whole. And so writing a taping book wasn't enough. And then we realized you have to understand the fashion and really what you're doing. And we've spent a long time developing techniques with gratitude to Rock Tape for introducing us to the concepts and the and the seminars. And then I realized that even wasn't where you begin 
And as a chiropractor, I always begin with the adjustment. It's the aftercare that you still have to be able to feel. You have to be able to palpate. You have to be able to assess motion before you then do your intervention and know if your intervention did any good. So the sequence came from experience and the experience came from doing things backwards. <laughs> <laughs> and I noticed one of the things you start with is, is, is the palpation skills. And I think this is something that's really hard to teach in a lot of ways because how can you teach someone to feel? And, and, and this is this this is something that uh, this is something I'm sure we, we could talk about this for an hour I'm sure but in this book you here. start off teaching people how to palpate and that's because if any of you have had any hands-on work or give any hands-on work to facilitate the healing of any creature if you can't interface with them, if you can't notice what is causing discomfort and what isn't, if you can't tell the difference between, as I say often, a can't and a won't, there is a very big difference in the skill set of knowing I can't turn that horse's head to the right or that horse, horse won't turn its head to the right. And there is a huge difference between poking and palpating, between using a touch that's designed to give you information and touching at. And yes, it's hard to teach these skills almost like they are an inborn talent that you have to nurture in order to get people to be able to take in input from their own hands, from their own tools, and then appropriately analyze it in their brain. And I know for me, the joy of teaching a student and the aha moments of having somebody go, oh, I, I never noticed that. That to put hands on with the absolute intention of learning with zero expectation and allowing that horse to talk to you, it's, it's really mind-boggling, and I love boggling minds. Mm -hmm. And when you start your palpation, where do you start? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> oh, There's question, a trick question. question, because years ago, I remember um, our son Dustin actually calling me on the fact that I always say, I start at the coffin joints and work my way up. And sometimes the horse looks me in the eye and goes, could you just touch the spot that bothers me first because that will help me trust you. So I have a plan, I always have a plan. And my plan is to work up from the ground, to mobilize the coffin joints, to mobilize the extremities, and then to mobilize the neck, and then mobilize and feel for tension, for restriction, for inflammation, for, 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 for whatever the horse has to tell me from the ground up, going through the top line and ending. And sometimes I just follow what the horse tells me to do. 
Yeah, I also notice before you even start that, one thing I notice you do with every horse is you always introduce yourself to that horse. You always say hello to that horse. You always comfort that horse before you start anything, which I think is amazingly intuitive and extremely necessary for everyone that's doing practitioner as a practitioner or working on a horse. Uh, I, I've seen so many times where someone comes in to draw blood and they just walk in and stick a needle in the side of the horse's neck and, and the horse is almost in shock, like how dare you do that? And I notice before you even start your palpation, you look into that horse's eye, you look into their soul and you say hello to that horse and that just relaxes them so much even before your palpation starts. That's why I'm the worst person to ask what I do. It's better to watch me and then go, oh, why did you do that? And I probably can explain it. But the second that I walk into an environment with the horse, I let them lead without becoming a victim. And that basically is you start the dance. And, and, and it, it's terminology. I allow them to lead. I don't give up my power because that doesn't get respected. And it's true, I will, whether I'm touching them with my hands or touching them with the fascial tool or touching them with the tape, I introduce myself and what I'm gonna do first because it tends to allow the rest to go as a dance, as a cooperation, rather than an adversarial or a me versus or look what I'm going to do to you. It's with you. And I think that's why the results become so amazing. I noticed too, as I was looking through it, you also paid very close attention to not just the, the animal that you're working on, but also the safety of the practitioner. Yeah. You, have, you have notes in there, quite a, quite a few notes on safety. Well, it's always good to survive to do the next one. So, and not only that, again, when I said earlier, uh, how do I learn my techniques by doing something wrong and figuring out how I could have done it better. And I, it is why the first sentence is everything can be done better. I learned how to take care of my body while taking care of a horse by not taking care of my body and fortunately being able to recover from herniating a disc by standing in the wrong position, by getting kicked, by standing in the wrong position, by getting bit, sometimes with or without standing in the wrong position. So. Protecting yourself allows the entire experience to happen in, the, in, a, in a better and more repeatable atmosphere. So learning to use the lunge position and have one leg behind you by learning to stand in close so that you are protected from outbursts. Uh, there's, a, there's many that we cover because it matters. It matters a lot in your longevity to take care of you and be in the best position for the task that you're about to perform. And each task has a best position. Um, I noticed we, you, you do palpation. I think that's we all do that. And some, some people do observation, watch a horse move. Uh, that, that can be part of the palpation, the observation, evaluation aspect. And then, and this is for all practitioners, then you do what you do. Right. You do what you do. As a chiropractor, we adjust. Right. And an acupuncturist will do their evaluation and an allopathic 
physician will do their intervention. I, the idea is you have the teaching palpation skills and observation skills, as Dave said, watching the gate, touching, feeling, feeling for temperature, feeling for um, aberrations within the skin. All of that is the beginning before you do what you do. And we're not teaching that because that takes lots of years of schooling. And massage and all, there are so many uh, pulsed electromagnetic therapies. There are so many techniques that you do that always, to me, come before using the fascial tools and the taping tools. And that's my next point is after we do, after you do what you do, then we address fascia. So talk to me a little bit about addressing the fascia. Well, using huge piece the, of the, book. the fascial tools is, is a big chunk of the book because there are many different techniques and styles based on the research that's been done in the um, mechanoreceptors that occur and exist in the hair follicles and the communication ability of fascia from brain cell to tissue cell throughout the body along lines or chains of fascia that go from the pole down all the way to the hind coffin joint, crossing over the midline, all of these things to be able to have the skills to see the global and then narrow down on the local and to understand how to hold the tool. I, I spend time teaching that because if you grip the tool too tight, all you're feeling is tension in your arm. To be able to properly hold it and use it as a conduit of information from the horse that you're working on and have it literally inform you by is there resistance cranial to caudal, caudal to cranial, ventral to dorsal, dorsal to ventral, or any diagonal? Where are you noticing? What are you noticing? Is it spongier? Is it harder? Is there a grinding of that tissue or is there a smooth flow of tissue? And there's so much to learn. And one thing that, that surprised Dave the first time we held that tool at, a, at our first uh, rock tape seminar where they were teaching this for humans, I were like, no, 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 my hands are better. My hands are so much better than any tool. And then and I found out completely different. It's amazing how much more you can feel using the tool through different layers of tissue, through depth, through penetration. There's so much more that your information that you got from having that vibration come through the tool. So that was a very, very important part. And we call it feeding the brain. You know, you're always feeding the brain, whether you're feeding the brain with information or whether you're reading a book, you're feeding your own brain. That's what it's all about. It's all about feeding that brain. We go through, you go through palpation and then you do what you do. And then you get into the fascial work, which is really consumed a lot of what we do. And then we get into taping. And my point with the taping was to try to anticipate most of what you'd want to know, which is technique. If you can't say round the edges by the end of the book, I'll know you haven't read it. Uh, they once told me to name the book what you say most often. And um, I said, well, then I'll have to call the book Round the Edges, and that might not be the best title. 
Uh, the title, by the way, is Improving Equine Mobility because that's what's going to happen if you apply the techniques. The taping part is the largest section of the book because it involves taping for proprioception, for awareness, to help the horse know where that body part is. And then it centers on taping for discomfort or, uh, I hate using the word pain because pain is a brain interpretation, but anything that is a uncomfortable response and you're palpating and the horse moves away from it or flinches out under your finger or puts its ears back and, and threatens you, then that has to be addressed differently and there is a technique and we, we refer to it as pain taping and inflammation taping to be able to improve the fluid dynamics in an area that's been traumatized, that's been bruised, that swells up for reasons that no one ever figures out, that wind puffs, that uh, bug bites, um, even after injections, post-surgical inflammation after working with the surgeon. And those are some of the most amazing post-colic abdominal inflammatory tapings where you see the body just redistribute that fluid so quickly and so efficiently because the tape helps create channels. First and foremost, taping improves awareness. As Dave said, it feeds the brain and I attempted to cover most of the techniques that we use every single day and I'm hoping that the book will inspire people to come up with even more and share them with me because learning is a daily process of my life. Uh, I noticed there's also a section, because this is one of the questions we get all the time, is we have a, a section on tape in motion. And people always ask, what should I do with a horse now that it's been taped? Move. Move, <laughs> unless you're on the showgrounds, in which case, don't move because uh, there's a lot of FEI and, and there's a lot of rules in terms of uh, show jumping where you cannot use the um, tape on a horse that has uh, a saddle on or is being lunged. Or, so know your rules and only do what's appropriate. What's best for the horse, what's best practices, is get out and move. I love taping the lateral line and then for a horse that was bulging and then see it move and see it actually start to use its body more appropriately. I love taping left front to right hind and seeing the horse pick up a diagonal that it hadn't been picking up. I absolutely love a horse that won't buttock, and then you add tape over that lumbosacral junction, and now you've got a horse lifting and engaging, or a horse that won't extend its front leg uh, as well as it should for an extended trot or in the dressage for just some of the absolute extremes of movement, and you put the tape on and all of a sudden instantly you get movement. And just to add the question I get most often on TikTok by my visitors 1275938-2 is, well, isn't it a placebo? And the answer is no, it is not, in case you're wondering. 
I know she also had a section here on advanced techniques. Is that something anyone can do, or is this you need to understand the concept first? Well, I would say that advanced techniques are both what we have found helps mobilize and connect, and that would be the the connecting the lower back all the way down to the coffin joint for increased awareness and better body usage. The advanced techniques are really designed for specific courses in specific situations. And yes, anyone can do them because if you put the tape on and the horse doesn't move better, you take it off. No harm, no foul. If they do move better, then you continue that process until they move just as well without the tape because you have informed the brain and the brain will now have a new pattern and it's a preferred pattern because it feels good and it moves better. Uh, I just wanted to mention also, uh, you mentioned TikTok and I wanna make sure that in case you don't know or haven't followed her on TikTok, it's Equidoc, E-Q-U-I-D-O-C. You she's and four got, million other people yeah, can come watch me tape. She she's finally <laughs> crossed the ten thousand followers follower yeah. line, and she's got she's got videos with millions of views. So if you haven't checked her out, please check it out. Uh, go to Equiline.com. If you want this book, it isn't even listed yet, but it will be quite soon, perhaps later today. I'd love your feedback. I'd love to teach based upon this. So if you would like a private or group Zoom session, contact me. You might notice that teaching is a passion of mine and I'd love to have you join the crew. And uh, our facility is now two weeks in the, three weeks now into the making. So eventually one day when the COVID thing gets better, we'll actually be able to have some courses here in Florida. We'd love to host you when it's safe to do so. Thanks for joining us. Once again, I'm Dr. Wendy Corin. And I'm Dr. Dave Lundquist. Have a spectacular day.